Hey, this is Anthony Aguilar. I'm here with Ernest Aguilar. We're from Ground Up Developers. Today, we're going to be laying out each and every step of the real estate development process from beginning to end, from the time that we buy the lot until the time that we either keep the units to rent or sell them for a nice profit. How are you doing today? It's like you said, like everything we're going to go over from site prep, finding our locations all the way to the time of sale. So let's just dig into it and uh, let's get this started. So, I mean, first step, right? Finding the lot, you know, making sure mm -hmm. that you have something that you can actually build on. Now, how do you typically find lots? So we do the typical, we've, we do look online. We have uh, tons of brokers in the area. Most of all, uh, most importantly to tell everyone, network, network, network. Um, your network is your net worth. Yeah. Pretty much, I don't know how many, I would say 60% of our properties that we've gotten have been off market from people we know that they just know we do deals. They know we could finish a deal. They know we could buy a property and close within 10 days uh, without an issue. They know we're easy to work with. So that's most of the time we'll get properties thrown at us. Yeah, 100%. So for somebody who's just getting into the real estate development process, they're looking to you know, get a lot, who should they be communicating with? I mean, where can they find these? Um, you could go like real estate investment groups, ask around internet, Facebook, of course. Uh, I would probably stick to your area uh, investment groups for for better, um, a better, um, what am I trying to say? A better- um, Like direct access. To direct ac access, because a lot of stuff on Facebook or Instagram, half of it's kind of shady. Sometimes you never know who to trust, who not to trust. Basically, uh, the biggest word of advice is when you do the deal, make sure it goes through clean because the realtors, the pretty much everyone in the area will know if you're good to work with or not good to work with. And if you're a hassle to work with, no one's going to want to work with you. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, how do you so how do you make sure that the process goes smoothly? So on your end? Uh, so our, on our end, I mean, before we even make an offer, we run run all our, num run all our numbers. We do everything to make sure we are going to close. Mm -hmm. We do give usually like a, if we're going to close in 10 days, we'll do like a three to five day due diligence process. But I usually know if I'm going to buy the property and we're going to go through it even before then. Yep. That due dil diligence process is just so we could double check everything. And if we see something that red flags, we could pretty much say the deal's not for us. Yeah. Um, even if the deal's not for us, we always let the realtors know why it's mm -hmm. not for us. We just don't leave them hanging. And yeah. I think the good communication between realtors, between uh, sellers, buyers, that makes a huge difference in this market. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I mean, due diligence is going to be the next step that we go over. Um, really quickly, um, like you said, most yeah. of the deals you find are direct. 60% of them, they're off market. Actually, yeah. probably more than that are off market, right? I would say now probably almost 100% we get off market. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, for somebody starting out, start out with the real estate groups, right? Start learning the market through people who yeah. are already doing it. Drive the areas. You know, we our first properties that we found were driving the areas. We basically, we had some capital. We said, okay. Let's drive the area. Let's check it out. We literally went to every lot that had a sign and, and called the broker and said, what are you guys looking to do? Of course, at that time, it was a lot easier when we started five years ago. Um, when we started in Texas, it was a completely different market. So you could literally, I mean, call a realtor up, say, hey, what do you want for it? They wanted 70. Okay, well, I have 50 all cash. Yeah. You know, nowadays, you can't really do that. But then again, they know us now. So I could still, to a point, give them a call and say, 
okay, you guys want 100 That's a fair price for this. I'm not going to try to get you lower because I know you could sell it to someone else. Let's do the numbers. It makes sense. Let's get it done. 10 days. Let's yeah. do it. You're creating a win-win situation. The yeah. realtor is happy. They're making money. Yeah. The seller is happy because they're also making money. And yeah. they know that, hey, this person means business. They're actually going to follow through with the deal. Exactly. And I mean... You could even drive by, I mean, realistically, you could drive by lots that aren't even for sale. And there's something called skip trace where you can yes. actually say, hey, I really like this lot, you know, and then what you do is you do a skip trace. You could find it online. One of your realtors might be able to help you with it. But basically, it gives you their contact information, the phone number, who mm -hmm. owns it. And you, I mean, you could start cold calling, you know, getting to know them. Hey, I mean, yeah. some of these people who have pieces of land, for example, in San Antonio, right? Yeah. They don't even live in San Antonio. They're living in Florida. California, other states. So it's like a lot of times they're paying property taxes. Maybe they just inherited the property. They don't know what to do with yeah. it. So, I mean, these are the type of people it's like, well, they want to get it off their hands. Yeah. And for, you know, a fair nickel. Really yeah. And if you, if you get in good connections with uh, wholesalers, um, people have ideas with wholesalers if they're good or bad. I love them. Um, they do get to make their money, but by them making their money, we're all making money. So if they got to make their cut, let them make their cut. They're doing a lot of hard work. Half of the time they, they find these properties, like you said, people are out of state. They're paying taxes on it. They might owe taxes for like four or five years. They might have liens on the property. Mm -hmm. Wholesalers will go in and do that due diligence at digging and yeah. find out who, who does that, who, who, who basically owns liens. Who, yep. And they'll, they'll go to those people and say like, hey, do you really want to hold on to this property? I could sell it at this price right now. Um, we'll all your liens will be clear, all your debt will be clear. And for some people it works, some people it doesn't, but when it does, they shoot us a call and hey, if we all if I could get a deal, they make some money, we're all happy. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. get, wholesalers is a big one, getting to know yeah. your wholesalers. I mean, I think you could find land on Zillow, Redfin, you know, those sites. Probably yeah. not the best deal, but I mean, maybe there's a hidden gem on there. Hey, and once in a while, you do you do catch that little break, and you see something. You know, you'll see it the day it comes on, and you call call the realtor. And like I said, you call the realtor, tell them, hey, I've done ten properties in the last month or two in this area. You know, we close right away. You ask around who we are, and most of the time they'll trust you. Sometimes yeah. they don't, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's just putting the time and effort into finding a lot, finding exactly. a property. It's not easy. It's not just gonna fall into your lap. You actually have exactly. to put the work in. Exactly, exactly. Right, and then I mean, so once you find a lot, like you said, you know, three to five day due diligence. I mean, what are you checking on during this time? I mean, I know there's zoning, is there anything So else? before I even make an offer, I'm, I look at the zoning, size of the lot, um, how the lot is split by the city, and basically the area, mm -hmm. and besides our comps. Mm -hmm. We basically want to know, um, can we build on it? Yep. If we have to do any platting, replatting, rezoning, any of that needs to be done up front. We need to know up front because that's just time. Yep. You know, our, our replat will take you three to six months. You know, rezoning, probably the same, depending on, on uh, the city you're in. Texas is pretty quick, considering uh, if we try to do that in L.A., it would probably be, you know, closer to a year. But... Um, yeah, I mean, you look at all that. So once once you identify all that, you can make your offer. You know, once the numbers make sense, you decide, am I selling this? Am I keeping this to rent? What's my escape? You know, what's my worst case scenario? Do the numbers still make sense? If it does, then you're all good. And you'll go ahead and run everything in that due diligence process 
again and again and again. Yep. And make sure you didn't miss anything. Exactly. Um, I don't know how many times I've ran stuff and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's this? You know, you might, yep. you know, you talk to your architects, you talk to your engineers, you talk to your realtors. Does everything look good on this? You know, this is what I plan to do. And, you know, does this sound correct? Yeah. And, and you know, you get relationships with people. And once you have those relationships, it's very easy to just talk to people. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm going to jump into this project. Sometimes they'll bring up an issue that you didn't see. Yep. You know, you're like, shoot, I didn't think about that. Will it still work? And that's the best thing about, you know, having a good a good team and a good network with your real estate, you know, friends and buddies. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not in this alone. You have a team exactly. that's going to be working on the deal with you. So you might as well start communicating with them up front. Hey, let's yeah. double check this together because I'm going to give you this deal. 100%. Through. Yeah. Yep. And they're willing to do it. Now, so for example, zoning, that's determined by the county, correct? Yeah, that's all done in through the county um, up ahead. And it's pretty easy to find out what the current zoning is. Uh, most cities have either an online data database or you can even just walk into the city in most cities and just ask them what's the current zoning, what's the lot lines. Um, usually, uh, well, no, not usually. Always, I get make sure there's a current survey of mm. the property before I buy it. Okay. Most of the time, that's in our contract saying that it is... It has to be paid by the uh, seller to us um, since we're buying it that we want a current survey. The survey tells you your, it'll tell you the current zoning also, mm -hmm. and it'll give you your lot line. So if they say, you know, they might tell you the lot's 50 by 150, and then all of a sudden you get your survey back and it's 40 by 150. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes a big deal with driveways, with easements, with everything. All of a sudden your houses get a lot smaller. You got to look at all that, um, but pretty much there's you can find that information um, pretty easily, uh, and and definitely you want to look into that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the entire deal right there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It could make or break a deal, or it could be a deal that's going to be a year or two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, determining like, difference if, if you yeah. need to rezone and do all of these yeah. things. Replatting it'll hold you up probably like three months because you could usually do it at the same time you're building. Mm -hmm. They'll give you like a preliminary approval. And then they'll finish their plat job while you're building. Not all cities do it, but most do. Um, as far as zoning, you need to be zoned before you could even yep. try to build something like that. So what's yeah. the difference between rezoning and replatting? So a rezone is, let's say you want to, you have a, let's say a 50,000 square foot property, but it's zoned, um, let's say RM4. Mm -hmm. At that current zoning, you can only do four houses, but on... So, so basically you could do things. You could split it with a replat okay. and basically say for every, let's say, depending on what you're trying to replat to, let's say it's an RM4 for every 4,000 4, square foot lot, you could do an RM4 lot and you split the lots with the plat. Now, if you try to do, um, let's say you want to do just multifamily on it and you want to like get crazy density, let's try to rezone to an MF33 uh, or something. That means for every acre, you could do 33 units. Okay. It makes sense if you're going to, let's say if you have an acre, two acre property, me, I wouldn't want that RM4 zoning. It's too much work to replat all that. I'd rather get an MF33 mm -hmm. and let's have two acres. Let's do 66 units on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just makes sense. Now that's when you want to do your rezoning. Now, other times you get a big piece of property and it's only zoned for one house. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you do, you could split up the lot, but there's only so much you could split up the lot. You know, um, yep. sometimes you just want to rezone it. 
Yeah. And it makes more sense. Exactly. So the rezoning is basically how many homes can you put on there? Replatting yeah. would be actually subdividing the lot and saying, hey, this one lot is going to have three separate yes. homes on it. Yes. And th their legal description would be like, for instance, it'd be, you would look it up, it's one single address, but it might say lot 21, lot 22, and lot 23 when you buy it. Okay. So we actually don't like that because if, if it says that on one property, we have to now replat it to a single lot. So we could use that whole entire lot for the building. Mm. Yeah. So it depends on the situation. It could go either way if you want it or not. But most of the time, I like buying properties that just are, the lots haven't been chopped up or replatted yet. Yeah. And you'd rather do that yourself. Yeah, if we need a replat, we'll do it ourselves. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, so once you buy the lot, you, let's say you checked everything out, mm -hmm. you checked the zoning, um, the, the plat's good, you have the survey. Yeah. Now, where do you go from there? Where do you... So the main thing um, you want to do too is, even before that, is once you have all your due diligence done, create your LLC. Okay. You want to you want to close this property under your a new LLC or analysis you're using whatever I, I like creating new ones per project mm -hmm. but um it's up to you that's another discussion for another day yeah. but um yeah so pretty much you create your llc you you go ahead you close on your lot by the time i close on my lot um i usually have my architects and engineers already working on the project okay so i've already given them the go ahead i've already given them the deposits hey guys boom we need to knock this out we're we're doing design we're doing um the engineers kind of hold off till we have our design from our architect, but once that's that's done, boom, the engineers go in, we see what we could do, we get all that done, and then we could submit for permits. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So realistically, you're gonna be talking to the architect before the engineer? Yes, yes, or sometimes they're the same person, depending okay. on who you're using. Exactly, and the architect, from my understanding, right, is the design aspect, and the engineer will come in and say, well, this is how you build that design. Yeah, well, the yeah, pretty much it works that way. Like the architect, architect will come in and say, you know, a lot of times we do our own design, but mm -hmm. a lot of times we send it to the architect. Hey, will this work? Mm -hmm. They a lot of times they have the rules and the laws. They know ah, your easement's off here. This isn't going to work here. Your parking's not going to work there. This and that. You know, we just do a preliminary design, like you know, kind of like drawing a stick figure. Yeah, and they draw a portrait. You okay. know, so that's that's kind of how you want to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll literally just give them boxes and be like, hey, does this work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that makes and sense. they're like, eh. sometimes they're like, yeah, it'll work. Other times they're like, we got to tweak this a little bit. Um, then definitely after we get our plan and we have at least our site layout, you know, you want to submit for your addressing. You want to submit for your COD, which is basically says uh, you, you could build. And then um, while you're doing that, your engineers are starting to work on whatever you need to do. Depending how many units you're doing, it mm -hmm. depends on what your engineers need to do, if they need to do um, commercial or just structural. So okay. so sometimes they just do structural, which is basically just saying, you know, they're telling, basically the architect does the design, and like you said, they pretty much say, this is how to build it. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas then you get them into the civil, if you need civil, and the civil is like anywhere from drainage, fire, um, traffic, it's it, just everything else besides the actual structural. Um, once you get into the bigger projects, the cities will require it usually. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then, so I, I know one thing we kind of skipped over is utilities on the lot. Is it important to have utilities on the lot? Yeah. And most, most empty lots do have utilities. Um, 
mo- especially when you're doing uh, like downtown, you know, or anywhere that infill, you know, any infill, there usually at one time or another was a house at one time. So there should be utilities on that lot, at least for one house. Now, when you start doing multiple houses, um, you want to run your numbers and make sure those utilities are accounted for because it gets really, really expensive. Uh, it could be anywhere from, depending how many how many units, but let's say on a four unit, and let's say there's utilities for one, you're probably, by the time you have your water, your, util- your, um, uh, your meters, your, your, you know, your um, sewage fees, all that, you're probably easily looking twenty twenty five thousand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. It can stack up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Now on the bigger projects is even worse. Is that yeah. done through the city? That's all done through usually through um, the utility companies partnering with the city. Okay. Yeah. So usually you're submitting to to the city, but then the city basically says you need a permit. So then they kind of get you get a permit through there. It's they kind of work hand in hand, but it's usually through. The utilities, like the electric company, and then the water taps go through the water company, you know, or the depending on the if the city has their own water and power, you know, yeah, it's and, who you deal with. And once again, this is these are things that you can learn, right? You look on the yeah, website, you, you give can look and see who handles that, who handles the utilities in that area, and you just basically call them up, like, hey, I'm gonna be building a new house, I'm gonna be adding three new units to it. What what are the what's the process on uh, gonna look at look at look like? Mm-hmm. to get this done yeah 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 that, that makes sense so okay we kind of went over the cost of having to add utilities yeah. if you want to add some homes architecture and engineering is there a general cost on that does it really depend uh we have like set prices because we kind of know we do pretty much similar stuff we kind of know what they're going to charge us um it's kind of uh it's very important having good architects mm-hmm. uh we've had bad ones before and we've had horrible experiences um, but then we have really good ones, and those really good ones we continue to work with. Um, Price-wise, they range. They range everywhere. Usually the better ones are a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely want to talk to people before you even get into building in an area and kind of line that up like with your architects. What are they charging per square foot? If you're doing double houses, are they charging extra for the double houses? Are they, you know, if we're just doing multiple of the same design, what are they charging for that? If you have to replat, what are they charging for that? It's good to get all those costs up front and maybe talk to like three or four. Um, going back to like your real real estate investment group, you could always talk to people there and see who do you guys recommend? Have you used anyone? You know, you could usually yeah. find a lot of information from those local guys. Yep. Yeah. No, exactly. And I mean, once again, I mean, it's just utilizing the people around you. Your yeah. network is your net worth knowing people that will answer your questions when you have questions mm-hmm. and making sure to actually ask the questions ahead of time because you don't want to find a lot, get started and have to spend an extra three months finding an architect. Yeah. That or, means- or you don't run your architect <laughs> in your numbers. Yep. Let's say you say, Oh, it's going to cost me a grand. All of a sudden it's going to cost you 30 and you're like, well, that's a big number when, yeah. you know, all these numbers, well, they're not that big, but they all add up. Yeah. You know, it's like 20 grand here, 20 grand there, 20 grand here. You know, all of a sudden you're over budget 100 grand. Yeah. It seems yeah. like for a lot of projects, people always say, right, you're going to go over budget, right? They say, yeah. but I think that one of the biggest factors for a project that could fail is if it's not if you underestimated something, it's if you completely forgot it. If you completely, yeah. oh, it, then you're just like, really, like, yeah. wow, I was way off. Yeah. Here. Like because <laughs> one little item, you know, you forget to put it in. Um, you know, on, on our last build, I, I was looking at it and all of a sudden I was redoing it and I'm like, 
where's our siding? You know, like, shoot. I mean, siding's not that expensive. I mean, let's say it's two to 5,000 depending on the project, but we not only forgot the siding, but we forgot the labor of that siding, <laughs> which it can be more expensive than the siding. Uh, and I'm just like, shoot, you know, there's like 10 grand. Luckily, all yeah. our numbers, we usually do very conservative. So we're usually putting really, really high cost. And most of the time we do come under budget. Yep. So, and it's for reasons like this, that all of a sudden, shoot, I'm over 10 grand. Well, I already did my numbers. I already have my construction loans. I already have everything based on that number. So as, as long as I'm saving everywhere else, then we're still we're still gonna come out pretty much about even. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When you're running your numbers, you need to make yeah. sure that you have included everything in there. Mm-hmm. You've considered worst case scenario, so that you know, hey, going to this project, I'm confident. Even if it turns out bad, it's still yeah. profitable. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You know, you want whenever you do your numbers, you always want to be super conservative, and you always want to be that that pretty much if shit happens, am mm-hmm. I still gonna make money, or come out even. Yep. You know, um, but most of the time, you, you know, you want to do your numbers. So even if worst case scenario, you come out making money. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Or you could hold something or you could reposition it or, you know, you have to have your different. We usually have two or three different what if scenarios that we go through. Yeah. Multiple exit strategies. Just yeah. A hundred percent. OK. Yeah. Now you get architecture and engineering. I'm guessing goes to the city, gets passed. Like you said. Yeah. You get the approval. Hey, you can start building. Yeah. Now. General contractor, you need a general contractor. Yeah, well, even before that, usually, while we're in permits, we're already having our we we're already having our discussions. We have our design already. That's that's yep. in permits, so we already could start getting quotes from builders. You know, what time frames, cost, materials. What are you thinking? You know, what are we thinking? Are we on the same page? All this you want to find out. Um, Make sure, uh, most importantly, your builders that you check out their history. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to, if I have a new builder I'm looking at, I'll, I'll walk properties that they built. Um, I've had some that, oh, we don't have any current projects. Okay, well, let's see, you know, can you by any chance talk to someone and see if we can get into one of the houses you have mm-hmm. built, yeah. you know, or, you know, we'll figure out different things. But overall, you really want to see um, something they've already done. Yeah, you want to see their work, past work, yeah. current work that they're working on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking to them a few months in advance, you actually have an opportunity to see their current projects progress. Yes. Like, are they moving quickly? Are they slow? Yes. And and you really have to check them out because we've we've taken a couple contractors that go from flipping to building. Mm-hmm. And we have one we use right now. He's great. He's awesome. But one of the worst ones we ever had, we try to do that with too. Mm-hmm. So... It just didn't work out. He tried to go from flipping. We see them for flipping homes. We try to get him into the building aspect. He got his license. It just did not work out. Like it, you know, some people can do it. Some people can't, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to keep an, once you have them building, you have to keep an eye on them. You have to keep an eye on your numbers. You're for sure. Keep an eye on your budgets, you know, make sure that work's getting done for everything you're paying. Um, Cause that's where things will go wrong. And if they are going wrong, cut ties with it. It's yep. not a big deal. You always think, you, you know, especially on your first ones, you're thinking it's the end of the world. Shoot, what am I going to do? How am I going to find another guy? How am I? Realistically, you get rid of one guy. You talk to a couple other people and like, hey, you know, we had this bad experiences. What happened? Can't, do you know anyone who could help or anyone could, you know, 
Exactly. Yeah. And they always say hire slowly, right? Make sure you do your due diligence oh, on yeah. the person as well and yeah. fire quickly. If there's issues arising, just, you know, cut oh, them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or talk to them. I mean, it's oh, not oh, always yeah. about, yeah, like, it's not always about firing them. But, yeah, you definitely want to talk to them right away and like, hey, you know, I, I gave you 30000 for foundations and these things haven't been poured yet. Like, what's going on, you know? Or, yeah. you know, you know, the framing, we paid 50000 for framing. And just for, for the material, but it hasn't been delivered yet. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Where did that money go? You know, and then you yeah. could do it with other things. You could do other builders. You could do like a cost plus scenario mm-hmm. where you basically pay for everything. So, you know, it's paid. Yeah. And then basically they just make a percentage instead of just charging you a set price. Um, it can work out and it can't work out. Um, there's, there's pros and cons. In other words, what I'm saying to that, if, if you basically do a cost plus if stuff goes down you're saving that money mm-hmm. if stuff goes st- goes up you're spending more money yeah usually when you do a set price with a builder if anything goes up or down they're either making more money or losing more money but they'll usually eat that cost which so it's a it's a pro and con i like paying everything up front because i know it's paid for i know we're not gonna get liens later and i could control that that part of the uh, purchasing you know Exactly. And it's specifically yeah. for the, um, the material, right? Materials yeah. paid up front, labor paid after. Like, show mm-hmm. me the work, mm-hmm. then I will pay you your labor. Now, so what, let's say, let's go back a little bit. When you're looking at general contractors, once you kind of know the few that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. this could work, you get bids. We get bids. Now, is there any advice on the bids, anything people should keep in mind, or is it pretty straightforward? You, you want to make sure everything is included in the bid. You know, you want to look at it, you know, Think almost think in your head. I'm gonna build this house myself. What's gonna be needed for it? You know, mm-hmm. like I said, that siding one. We caught it, and we're just like, shoot, where's our siding? Like yeah. I know I'm gonna need siding. Like uh, you know, unless yeah. you're gonna do stucco. But even then, it's a cost. It's still it's stucco or siding. I mean, where's my stucco cost? Where's my siding cost? Um, your main cost, of course, you want to always make sure you have the numbers for your most expensive ones. Your foundations, your framing. Your electrical, your plumbing, your HVAC. Those ones are probably the most important besides your driveway, concrete, all that. Um, those are your most important. You want to make sure are there because those are the most expensive. Mm-hmm. After that, you could kind of, you know, you could pick and choose for your flooring, everything. Everything has to be in there. Your cabinets, your tile, your backsplashes, your paint, your exterior paint, everything. You just got to really, really get that checklist, go through mm-hmm. it one by one. And take a look. Yeah, 100%. You'll and forget I mean, mailboxes. Yeah. You'll forget, like, at the end, you'll be like, damn, I got no mailboxes, no exterior lighting. Where's my trees? You know, like, yeah, all those costs you forget about. And you just got to, once you start doing it, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. And you'll you, it becomes a little easier after the first one. Exactly. So yeah. where you're at now, you've had experience with past projects. Mm-hmm. Do you typically give... The general contractors a specific sheet to fill out or do you allow them to make their bid uh i allow them to make their bid and then i go over it with what i i go over it with my checklist okay yeah just because some builders they have their layouts already and that's fine i don't care um i do re once once let's say we're in that process i create my own excel sheet that i use and i basically transfer their numbers into mine and just because I like the way mine works. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's pretty much it. Okay, that makes sense. Now, 
the whole construction process. Now, people are probably actually most fearful of that aspect. Now, if you have yeah. a good general contractor, it should go by smoothly. I mean, they should be yeah. managing it. I mean, and don't be scared of it. You have to kind of try to think of it as... Um, how would I build this house? Like, it's not as hard when you start thinking about it. Like, wait, it has to have a frame. It has to have electrical. It has to have plumbing. It has to have a foundation. Once I get in that, what am I going to do? Well, yeah. it needs insulation. It needs drywall. It needs kitchens, bathrooms, flooring, yeah. paint, roofs. You know, you just have to get that checklist and like build it basically from the inside out. Yeah, you exactly. Know. And I mean, you could find lists online yeah. showing the steps. Um, yeah. Not now. Most of the time, they follow a set amount of steps, like the big things. Now, yeah. once the trades come in, which are plumbing, HVAC, the electrician, you know, they start switching order a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's normal. Most of the time, they're following a set structure. Now, in terms of managing the project, I mean, the general contractor's there. So you want to have that general contractor there, but you also, especially for your first builds, you probably want to be on site. Um, as much as possible to learn it, mm -hmm. um, to learn, you know, well, I see this going up, you know, these are the problems we're running into, you know, what's the next steps? Like, what do I do? Um, so it's always good to kind of know it. A lot of people who get into uh, new construction builds usually have done, especially for investments have done, um, you know, some kind of flips or remodeling or something before. Yeah, because that teaches you the basis already. Usually. And usually if you do a full gut flip, well, it's pretty much the same thing besides the framing, the roof, and basically, no, not even that, just the foundation and the framing. Just yeah. Because if you take a, a house down to the studs, really, you're starting from a house that has a foundation and a frame. That's it. Yeah. And you're building everything else the same as you would a new construction. Exactly. Yeah. So that gives you the experience. Yeah. 100%. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, like perfect world, right? I mean, I think it is best to be there as much as possible yes. to learn the process, yes. to make sure that people are working, Yeah, right? You want to make sure it gets completed on time. What's the typical time frame for a build? Um, we've had them go as long as six to eight months. Um, it depends, on, especially on the city you're dealing with. Texas is pretty easy to work with. Um, now from laying foundations to finish, we're usually running about three to four months. Mm -hmm. um and it just depends on supply chain also now it's getting a little harder to get stuff but you have to know that you know that stuff you, that's your job to know you need to know that when you start your foundations you need to be ordering not only your framing but you need to be ordering your framing your windows your doors your garage doors all that stuff your appliances all that stuff is on back order right now mm -hmm. it's going to take I mean, if you're going custom windows, you should have ordered those before you even started. Custom windows sometimes are taking 16 weeks right now. Mm -hmm. If you're doing just regular set orders from, let's say, like Lowe's, Home Depot's, or a window company, you're probably looking at about six weeks. So we try to order that when we're doing foundations. Right when we start with our foundation, we're trying to order that already. So by the time we have our framing done and ready, we're putting windows and doors in already. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Now, one thing that we kind of passed over, yeah. which is actually very important, the construction loan, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're not building all of, I mean, you can build it with all your own money, but yeah. most people don't. So, I mean, the construction loan, tips and tricks on that. Um, 
it's it's more it goes back to your um your networking try to get recommendations from people i've had really good construction lender well actually our construction lender right now love them mm -hmm. awesome guys uh the one i had before great with the actual loan horrible withdrawals i mean one of the reasons that that build was one of them that went six to seven months was because of them mm -hmm. you know they just made it so hard to pull your money when you needed it that it it just yeah they like, were holding like they were almost like fighting us on building it instead of helping us build it yeah so i mean it, like for instance you know you would ask for a draw for let's say framing mm -hmm. and they would come in they would look at all let's say four units they would say like okay the framing's all up you know oh they're still working on this one so we're only going to give you like 75% of your draw till that's done and we're like that's literally like not even 1% of the <laughs> they're, whole frame missing one stick <laughs> pretty much like yeah. we're just enlarging a door it was all done we're just like reworking a door that we decided to you know yeah. and it was just horrible working with them um so i would say talk to people find out who's really easy to work with interest rate when you're talking a 1% difference it is money but that money is ease of mind. That money is going to make your life so much easier. Like when you have someone that is just saying, okay, you know, we see your draw. We're going to send someone out. Someone will be there tomorrow morning. We're going to approve it. You know, you have it in your bank account the next day. Yep. Awesome. Um, one of the other tips I would say is make sure you have some capital for that first step before you start getting money back from the construction loan. Most of the time they're going to want you to finish that foundation before you can get paid on it. Yep. Most contractors want their money right away. Yes. You know, at least a little deposit, especially nowadays, you know, they'll want a little deposit and then they want that chunk the second they pour. Yep. They don't want to wait those three days. You know, it just depends on your, your workers too. Usually the guys you get better deals with Are aren't going to wait. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be like, hey bro, I need the money. Yeah. You know, I need that money. So you want to deal with these these construction lenders that are really really can can just help you out with the ease you know make it smooth for you. Yeah. Um, you can ask for some money up front. They usually will do it, but at a higher interest rate. Like so, basically, okay. let's say you want to co close a eight hundred thousand dollar construction loan. Tell them like, hey, you know what? At closing, I need seventy five thousand. Usually, if you have a track record with them, they're kind of cool with it but they're going to charge you more interest on it. At least one or two points extra over your regular points. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, because now you, yeah, it's more yeah, risky. It's, it it's more risky for them. They're giving you money without anything being done. It's, yeah. And and now all of a sudden it's a bigger risk. They're going to, they're going to want more interest. It's like, I mean, it's like you having a credit score of 500 or 800 and go buy a car. Well, if you have a credit score of 500, of course you're going to be paying eight, 9%. Where if you have a 700 credit score, you might get a 2% or a 0%. Yeah, yeah. exactly, 100%. No. And so the way that the draws work, for people who don't necessarily know about draws, if you want to, can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. So usually, uh, let's say I finish, um, we'll say foundation because it's the first one usually. So we'll scrape the lot, do, uh, basically we'll check out where our utilities are going to be so we could run our, put our plumbing, electrical, everything into the foundation um, where it needs to be before we pour concrete. Let's say we do, that's usually our first, we'll do a single draw at foundation. Once we pour, we do a single draw. Um, so basically I call the construction lender, say, I have foundation done. I'll send them pictures. 
-hmm. You know, this is it done. This is um, some of them ask for receipts that some of them ask for lien releases also. The problem with the lien releases is that most people will not give you a lien releases, of course, until they're paid. So that's kind of like one of those lenders where you're like, bro, I can't give you a lien release because I haven't paid the guy of, from the construction loan that I need to pay. I need the draw to pay you and pay them <laughs> so I could get the lien release. You know, so, so most of them are kind of cool with that. They'll just once you once you snap them back into reality, they'll, they'll, <laughs> say, they'll say like, OK, that makes sense. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll give you the loan. But before the next draw, we need to have those lien releases from the first draw. Okay, that makes sense. Which makes sense. And um, some of them ask for it. Most of them don't. Um, as long as you're paying guys. Some ask, you know, especially now with the um, framing being so expensive, um, we're asking for draws on the framing before we even start framing. Mm -hmm. Now, that's because we have a lot of money out in the material. So, we'll, as long as we paid for it and we have receipts that it's paid for everything, we submit that with our foundation and basically we do our foundation draw. And are basically material. our framing material draw. Mm -hmm. Now that comes out of our framing draw later on. We won't have to. We won't be able to pull that full framing because we already pulled the material. Exactly, and yeah. that, I mean that comes with working with a good lender that is yes. open-minded enough to be like, okay, you paid for the material. That makes sense. Yeah. I'll pay you. you know. Yeah. The thing is with the draws with the construction loans is that they're not just going to give you money for stuff that has not been done. Yeah. That's their money they're lending to you. So they want to see, did you finish the foundation? Okay, you did. Now I'll give you the money. For I'll it. give you the foundation. And yeah. and that's all set. So I'll tell you one thing. Most So most lenders are going to ask you for a draw schedule mm -hmm. and your, um, your expense, well, not your expense, your build sheet, like pretty much how much is going to cost to build each little area. Some of the lenders have their own. I have my own that I told you I like. Mm -hmm. They'll usually accept mine because that's the one they even have their own draw sheets. I have my draw sheets. They're cool using it because they it basically has the same information. It's just something I like using and it's something I created. So I like using it. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, but pretty much so before when you're doing all your numbers, you're going to you're going to tell them, OK, let's say you ha you're going to have five draws, which is real small. Really, you're going to have one at foundation, one after framing. One after, let's say, one after, um, let's say, drywall. Okay. Another one after kitchen and bathroom. And then the last one after exterior and interior, paint, roof, all that. Yep, landscaping. Yeah. Uh, landscaping would come last, so you would have another draw so for that. Or you could put it in the last one. Um, it just depends. Uh, and people always say, like, oh, why don't you just keep drawing? So, I mean, you, you realistically, you can. You can, because they don't, they, they, I've never met a lender that wants you to stick 100% to your, your, um, original, your like, draw, draw schedule. schedule, but they will 100% want you to stick to your draw budget. Budget. Yeah. So, now have we had the instance where we're like, dude, we're going to spend foundations 10000 more. But I just did this all the numbers, and we're gonna do five thousand here, five thousand here less, mm -hmm. you know. And they're like, I'll talk to them and say, hey, can I resubmit a draw, a budget, a draw budget change? A lot of times they're cool with it, as long as it's not huge or something like way out of whack. They're usually pretty cool with it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Just submit us the new one. We'll start using that one from this point on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as long as you're not changing the end and loan like loan amount, they're cool with it. 
Yeah, and yeah. I mean that makes sense. You're saving money in one area, but you're going to need a little bit in another. Yeah, I mean, you're actually spending that money. Yeah, it's all. I mean, <laughs> no matter what, you're still going to spend it. But it's yeah. just sometimes you you realize when you start getting on. Wait, I save money here, but this is costing me more, and I just need that money to pay, you know, my foundation guys. Now that being said, it's always good to have some capital. Just back, in case backing in it up. front. Yeah. Um. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll put, let's say, zero interest companies. Like I'll have like lumber liquidators. Yep. I don't want to throw them a thing, but, <laughs> you know, like I'm not getting plug. nothing from them, but they're actually pretty awesome to work with. I could order from California and get it shipped to, in, no, it's in Texas or, or anywhere other state. Um, and they give me 0% interest. Yep. So a lot of times I'll say like, I'll use one of those cards. I'm freeing up that capital. Now, when I get paid from the construction loan, now that's money in the bank just in case. Yes. Worst case scenario, I have to pay that 0% interest card, but I do. It's not a big deal. We pay that, you know, we always pay them. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, you could do that with cabinets. Usually, Homes has pro cards. Lowe's has uh, um, con contractor cards. Um, there's tons of companies that have these cards that are, I mean, it's useful. Yeah. Just like anything, I mean, until you have, you know, some of these guys, these big guys, these really, really big guys, I mean, they just have unlimited, or not unlimited capital, but they have tons of capital. Yeah. You know, most guys doing projects our size, we're doing a lot of them, yeah, but you learn you don't also want to spend your capital, you know, right away. Like, that's capital yeah. you need for other projects, too, just in case. So, you always want to have your safety capital for all your projects, but at the same time, hey, leverage. You know, exactly. that's, that's the, that's the number one in investing. Yep. There's good debt and bad debt. You know, you want to leverage as much as you can and make sure as long as you're being safe and responsible about it, you want to leverage that. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. And I mean, and at zero interest cards, I, was, I mean, shit, there's zero, it's free money. Yeah. I was just about to emphasize, uh, like really emphasize that is that, I mean, yeah, yeah. You could put a lot of stuff on credit cards, but if you're going to be paying 24% APR on it, it's probably not a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Find a, unless you're going to pay it off that <laughs> month before it, before it hits. Exactly. Yeah. So take some time, you know, really look at, Hey, maybe this company is a little bit more expensive, but it allows me to leverage because I have mm -hmm. to pay minimum payments for 12 months, 0% interest. Yeah. Then it's worth it. Yeah. Right. It's worth that cost because every month that you spend extra on a project, you're also paying interest on your construction. A hundred percent. And that's why you want to yeah. make sure it goes smooth from beginning to end, because if you end up slowing down and taking mm -hmm. an extra three months, well, you just spend a couple extra thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars yeah. on interest. And just keep in mind, right. Spend a little bit more money to get it done quickly Yeah. because it's actually going to save you money. And not only that is like, let's say, like like the lenders we currently use, um, let's say we do a project in three to four months. Well, my terms on that that loan are a year, mm -hmm. because we never know what's going to happen. What what happens if a freaking tornado comes and freaking knocks it out or something? Just something bad. It burn, someone burns it down for a while. They were burning houses in Texas, new builds. There was someone going around just burning them. Yeah. I mean, well, shoot. Of course, we're going to be able to get insurance money and pay back the loan off of that, but realistically we always try to pull that loan for a year because you want to have time to sell them also yeah or refinance them you know our last refinance you know that you're in lending our re last refinance just went completely wrong yeah it ended up going right at the things. end but shoot we just finished the refinance what two weeks ago yeah i think i ended up taking uh instead of the 45 days probably took yeah when did i when did days. i finish those i finished those in in january the first week of january i had keys 
Yeah, exactly. And keep in uh, mind, you try to refinance. That one didn't work. Then I did it for you. And it's still, we still ran through so many issues. I mean, we got it done, but yeah. it was like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's something to keep in mind. So I was going to say one person you need on your team is probably a loan officer. You should kind of know, hey, who's good? Once I'm done with the building, yeah. if I want to keep them yeah. and rent them, where can I refinance yeah. it? Because it's not always as easy as it seems, especially Not only that, projects. especially now, now, you know, with the new interest rates going up, you know, we're doing all our projects based on six and a half to seven and a half percent loans. And it's just basically look at a single family home right now already went up to six percent. Yep. So that means if you're trying to refinance an investment property to hold and rent, I mean, even if you have the best lender, you're going to be a point over uh, a, a pri your personal property. Yeah. So if they're at six percent right now, you're probably looking at seven percent, yep. you know. And you just got to do those numbers of those what if numbers, you know, exactly. what if interest goes to 8%. Luckily, you know, we're hoping that in the future, um, the rental stuff, as long as we're, we're thinking of the market softens, also costs will soften on building. Mm -hmm. So basically it means that we could build at a cheaper cost and our interest is higher, but basically the end game is the same. Now, as long as we could refinance out of it, it appraises okay. high and enough. you need to know that it appraises high enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, so when you're keeping them to rent, right, let's say it appraises for a million dollars, they're not going to give you, a, you know, you can't get a loan no, for a million. No, they're going to give you a uh, loan for, I would say seven, 70 to 75% usually. Yeah. And let's say it's 70. Um, um, and that's a 70, uh, what is it, uh, DTI, right? Uh, LTV. LTV, LTV, I mean. Um, yeah, loan to value. So, so basically, they'll give you that seven hundred. Let's say your construction loan is six twenty, but you bought the property for one fifty. Well, all of a sudden, your costs are, you know, eight something, and you're you're literally you will not get that money out. Yeah, you're eating that. Now, realistically, who cares if you're leaving a hundred in it because you basically got four to six properties cash flowing as long as you're cash flowing. I mean, hey, if you go out and buy a, a, a apartment building or if you buy a triplex, you put a down payment. You're gonna put a down payment of twenty five percent usually on a um, on an investment property. That money's sitting there until you refinance it and or let's say rehab it, refinance it, and try to do the burn method and try to um, pull out your money. You're not gonna have that money. Yeah, it's in there, and it's kind of like that. It's in there, and right now. You know who knows what the market's gonna do, but if it doesn't appraise, you're not pulling out that money. So whatever you rehab, that money's in the property now. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, hey, sometimes that comes with investment. Sometimes the market softens. You got to keep your money in there for, you know, two to five years. You know, and chill out. Mm -hmm. That's why cash flow is so important. Exactly. Cash, cash, cash is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think I, your shirt scared money don't make mm, no money. Mm, mm, mm. Not at all, right? A lot of this stuff seems maybe scary at first. You're going to yeah. get used to it, but it's that risk that's going to give you the return later on. Yeah, and it's a calculated risk. Exactly. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, you know, you're not a good investor if you're not a risk taker. You're not a good entrepreneur or a businessman unless you're a risk taker. It's 100% true. You have to be willing to take these steps to be taking these risks, but they also have to be calculated risks. Yeah. You know, you have to say like, well, 95% of this, you know, chance that I'm going to, I'm going to do fine with this. Yeah. You can never account for the, just the weird, 
you know, like I say, tornadoes or there's a riot in the city and they burn down the whole city. And I mean, stuff like that, you just can't account for. An yeah, asteroid no. comes and blows up your house on the block. Yeah. You know, that's like the unforeseeable. The unforeseeable. You you don't know. I mean, it, Katrina, it, it something happen. like that. You don't know. A hurricane, anything. You just don't know. And that's, but those are unforeseen things. And hopefully you have insurance that covers that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. You want to cover your ass. So if it yeah. happens, at least it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You, know, you get your money yeah. still. Yeah, it sets you back a little bit. But I mean, like you said, it's all calculated. Most yeah. of these things that we're discussing, it all comes down to two things. People and numbers, having the right people on your team numbers, numbers. and having the yeah. right numbers, right? Making sure that the bid is correct, making sure that the realtor is giving you accurate comps. Hey, what can I, what do you think that I can sell at after I, mm -hmm. once these homes are complete? What do you yeah. think I can rent for? What do you think the market's going to do in the next six months? Exactly. And calculate for yeah. every possible scenario so that by the time you start, you are confident Hey, this is a good project. Yeah. By the time you buy the lot, I mean, you don't yeah. buy anything unless you are 100% confident. Yeah. It's a, let's say it's going to cost you 250 build, you know, with, with land. You're like, I'm all in 250 per, per house. We could sell these at 400. Mm -hmm. You know, we're doing good. We have 150 profit on there. Um, what happens if the market drops 20%? Well, that 20% is still going to be, you're still going to make money. Exactly. Let's say they drop a hundred grand and you're selling for 300. You're not going to make a killing. But you're able to get out of it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that yeah. 150 is not just profit. That 150 is also your cushion. It's your cushion. That, yeah. That's your safety leverage right yeah. there. That's, hey, if it does drop 20% and you know what? Now I'm not making 150, yeah. but I'm still profitable. I still made money. And I mean, that's yeah. that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. exactly. And, you know, a lot of people are starting to get scared with this new interest and, and inflation. But... Um, realistically if your numbers are and it's kind of weird the numbers are actually getting kind of better in projects than they were with this new scare i mean if the numbers make sense they make sense i mean especially if you're going to rent because most of the time not always most of the time in a bad economy rents go up yeah they don't go down yeah especially if people during lose houses inflation. yeah now there is a times where you know enough people lose jobs where the rents go down just because they can't afford in that area, mm -hmm. you know, but, but that real overall, you know, usually they either are stable or they go up during a, during a drop down period. Exactly. And let's yeah. say that in the beginning of the project, your main emphasis or your, your main goal is to build and then rent the units out. If your numbers yeah. no longer make sense because you're running them at an 8% interest rate rather than at a five, you probably didn't have enough cushion to get into that project anyways. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have got into it. Exactly. I mean, that's just, yeah, there's there's no reason that that interest rate should kill you. Now, let's say you're going to use these numbers, for instance. I was cash flowing, let's say, four grand a month mm -hmm. on this property in my numbers. Now, all of a sudden, with this raised interest, I'm going to be cash flowing two grand a month. Yeah. Well, shoot, in a bad economy, if you could hold on to something, still refinance, hey, you know what? I'd rather cash flow two than four. Is it as much as I wanted? No. But then again, I'd rather hold it it's and cash flow. It's still cash flowing decent. You know, it's not a killing, but it, you know, not everything could be a home run. Yeah. You know, sometimes, what do they say? Sometimes hits wins, hits win games. Yeah. Not always the home runs. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Know, that makes sense. Now, I mean, we talked about a lot here. I think this is a great episode. I think yeah. people are really yeah. going to get value from this. Is there anything else that you want to add? Is there anything else that you want to talk about? 
No, I think that's. I think we hit all the points. Um, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I think we hit everything. We hit everything from start to finish. Your end game um, might be, you know, on your sales side. The only thing I could say is just make sure everything looks nice and beautiful when you when you decide to start selling yeah. or renting. Um, you have to really fill out your market, see if you want to do staging. Um, it works a lot of times. Sometimes it doesn't. Yep. A lot of times I'll rent an Airbnb, um, one one unit to an Airbnb for, for more than the typical rent. Mm-hmm. If I do that in the contract I have, when you guys when you guys furnish it, I want pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're going to be taking pictures. Yeah, because they're going to take pictures anyways. And most of the time these guys already have designers that they work with and it looks awesome. Yeah. That way they could basically say, like, I could use those pictures for the rest of my units. Yeah, that makes, it, yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I don't sense. even have to spend staging. Yeah. You know? Now, smart. on houses... It just depends. You know, the last year we probably could sell a house before it was even done. There was no reason to stage it. Uh, we're going to be kind of getting into a weird market with the higher interest. So the ones we are selling, we probably will stage. Um, make sure your landscaping's good, your driveways are good, your parking's good, you know, all that. Yep. But but uh, just get it done. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. mean, they actually show staging does... Uh, typically give you a better return yes usually yeah and i mean yeah in a full full on crazy market where they're just going yeah you probably don't need to do it yeah like i said six months ago we could we could sell out our units before they were even done yeah and that's the importance of knowing your market as well today we talked about the actual real estate construction process but keep in mind that those end numbers what you're going to sell at what you're going to rent at it depends on the market yeah depends on your location yeah Right. And, and, and also the quality of the project. A hundred percent. Yeah. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's super clean because new buyers, you know, people will, let's just say you're caulking, for instance, you know, new buyers will go in, they'll nitpick your, your, um, you know, your tile work, your, your caulking. You think they don't, but they do. And I would too, if I was buying a brand new house, (laughs) you know, shoot, I'm gonna go over everything. Yeah. That's something to keep in mind for, for, yeah. And, And those first things that you see if you say like oh i'll fix it after we're in escrow well no a lot of times people will see they'll go in and say dude if they did that shitty of job on the caulking and the easy stuff i'd hate to see what they did inside this the electrical the all the hard stuff yeah that's very you know so that's where like i've told people before it can be fixed after that's not a problem but you don't want those items to be seen when someone's doing a walkthrough ahead of time because it gives them a kind of idea of your craftsmanship. Yeah, and you want it to be beautiful. Now, little things, of course, there's always going to be little things. That's why you do a final walkthrough before they buy the house. Mm -hmm. But overall, you don't want any crappy, anything looking pretty crappy. Yeah. You you want it all pretty nice when, when they, when there's, when they're on sale. Yeah, exactly. It leaves a new, it leaves a good impression, especially for new builds. People are going to be picky. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like they're like, hey, this is supposed to look brand new. What's up with the trim? Yeah. What's up with the baseboards? Yeah. So just make sure that, you know, you communicate with uh, the builder as well. You know, what type of quality of work that you expect. Yeah. And make sure that the builder you choose does good work. Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid to tell them like, hey, dude, this looks crappy. Mm-hmm. This, we have to redo it. I'm sorry. Like, I can't have it like that. I mean, yeah. and sometimes it's just a different, especially in the area you are. If you're in some of these like C and D areas, mm-hmm. the builders might say, "Well, no, the, the the end user doesn't care." Well, no, that's not the point. I'm paying you to do a good job. 
Yep. So it doesn't matter if the end user doesn't care that one tile is crooked. I care that this one tile is crooked mm-hmm. because I'm I want something new that's gonna last long. Yeah. You know, I got I if I'm gonna keep it, I want this lasting for I want ten years before I even have any maintenance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. That's a very good point. Yeah. But, but yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Yeah. Um, Tune I, in. Keep tuning in, right? We're going to start trying to launch these a lot more yeah. often. We have a, another one coming up about who you need on your team. Um, yeah. Make sure to let us know what you guys want to be listening to, what you guys want to hear, what yeah. you want to learn from us. Follow us up. Follow us at SC Builders on Instagram. Yeah, Built also, to Rent uh, TX, Built to Rent Texas. Um, follow us there, Instagram. We also have Ground Up Developers on Instagram. Um, yeah, anything, throw us, throw us a question, throw us whatever... You know, we're pretty cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, answer whatever you want. Yeah, message us. We love to network. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. Have a good one. All right. Peace out.